Jason lost his hair at what age? 46. According to legend. Maybe they're not best friends. What's next? It's the Jason Smith Show. With casual acquaintance Mike Harmon. You can say how much you love each other till you're blue in the face. Weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio. Sports trending now. Yeah, lead things off first in the National Football League. The Houston Texans have officially made it. Bill O'Brien is their new general manager taking that tag off. He is the head coach, but now the general manager. So his job security is now safe. Meanwhile, a judge has released free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown from house arrest. He may now travel as he waits trial on charges as he assaulted a truck driver just a couple weeks ago. He'll have to check in with the court daily and also wear a he won't have to wear a GPS ankle monitor. Meanwhile, in the NBA, Lakers and Clippers are not playing this evening with the tragic death of Kobe Bryant over the weekend. Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo will not play in tonight's game against the Washington Wizards because of right shoulder soreness. In college basketball, the scene right now is on FS1. St. John's trailing at home to number eight Villanova, 23 to 19. I'm David Gascon. We are it's time for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech sports news. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Building. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Let's go. It's BC. It's Beck Haynes. New producer tonight. Kendrick joining us. John Tavers enjoying some high school hoops. Oh, bye week John, huh? <laughs> oh, bye week John. Taking a week off here with only three shows remaining in season 12. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight for Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. We're your home for the next 90 minutes discussing all things Louisiana Tech Athletics. Of course, you can call us, you can text us on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. We'd certainly love to hear from you. I want to thank our sponsors, First National Bank, Fairway Carts, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen, Ideal Portable Buildings, Acme Glass, Brister Smokehouse, and O'Neill Gas. Of course, you can join us at the website, bleedtechblue.com. You can join us for just $1. Uh, limited time offer. Use the promo code BTB6. Gets you six months of premium access, of course, Beck. Uh, I guess the big news uh, of the day, uh, a couple of coach, coaching hires that we've broke here recently. Uh, I believe it was Saturday afternoon we learned uh, that Skip Holtz's son, Trey Holtz, uh, we'll take over the inside receivers position coach job. Uh, Trey comes from Ohio State, uh, where he spent the previous three seasons under Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. Uh, most recently was a grad assistant. Uh, has also done some work with the running backs and tight ends up at Ohio State. Uh, of course, you know, when you look at, you know, Skip hiring his son, and, you know, you, you hear all the different opinions about, you know, various different things about hiring a, your your son. But I think it's pretty ironic, you know, 30 years after Lou hired Skip to coach receivers uh, for his first-time job at Notre Dame, 
Skip hires Trey to also coach receiver. So when you look it's at a family that element, business, Ben, yeah, and is anybody surprised by that? I'm not. No, I'm not either. But hey, listen, let, let's talk about this. If you've been in Ohio State for three years, not only have you been a wound winning, you've been a wound, yeah, yeah, you've been a wound winning, but you've also been around some of the best, you know, some of the best coaches in all of college football. So you certainly, certainly have to expect. Uh, that Trey Holtz has gained a wealth of knowledge yeah. over the past few yeah. years. Yeah, and I'm not knocking the position of ins- inside wide receivers coach, but are you not? No, but pretty typical that that's a that's a stepping stone for a lot of up and coming coaches. They have oh, to for go sure. from GA assistants up to you start in those position coaching ranks, and so I'm not surprised. I don't think it's. I mean, unless he's just a diamond in the rough and just develops to be this unbelievable coach, he won't be here long. No, the, yeah. So I don't. The people that are that are negative about it, I'm like, it's it's probably not going to affect. Nah, the, but, the team in a big way, one way or the other. No, listen, and, I ain't mad about it, and I'm not gonna, like you said, we're not gonna talk down the job of a position coach. Obviously, they they play a tremendous role in preparing the players week in and week out and developing the players on a daily basis. But bottom line is, if you're gonna be a position coach, especially at the college ranks, you better be able to recruit. Well, with the name Holtz. like you're gonna be able to recruit, and, and Skip's obviously giving his son its first time you know, full-time position coach job. And like you said, might not be here all that long, but he's going to be here for more than a year. Right. There's a chance that, you know, Skip's really going to want to mold him like his dad molded him back in the day and, and allow him to become the best possible coach, give him some responsibilities, you know, throughout his career. And hopefully he progresses uh, into a solid coach down the road. Yeah, and we also know where he came from. A lot of these guys, we don't really know where they came from. No, we know Trey grew up talking football. Yeah, he's talking ball. I mean, the dinner table, man. Can probably break down some film. I'm just saying, I, don't, I like it. I'm not mad about it. Hey, and the second coach and hire that we wanted to discuss uh, actually broke the news here in the last hour. Uh, Louisiana Tech, I've learned that uh, the Bulldogs plan on hiring Anthony Camp, defensive line coach from ULM. He will take over the same position uh, at Louisiana Tech, of course, Rick Petrie retired after 43 years in the college game. So Camp comes to Louisiana Tech from ULM, uh, where he spent the previous two seasons with the Warhawks. Uh, was at Nickel State from 25 to 20 or 25, 2015 to 2017. And, and another name, like like you said, a guy that you might not know all that well, but like I said, he's going to come in. He's going to uh, be tasked with developing a Bulldog defensive line that certainly loses some talent. Uh, when you talk about Kadarian Mason and Courtney Wallace and Wallace exiting, but you do have some quality guys up front returning: Milton Williams, Willie Baker, you know, rising sophomore Deshaun Hall, DJ Jackson's a redshirt sophomore, so certainly has plenty of talent to play with. And uh, another coaching uh, assistant hire that has been made—that's I believe that's three of the four uh, openings have now been filled. When you talk about David Blackwell being hired as the new defensive coordinator. We just previous mentioned that Trey Holtz will be the new inside receivers coach, and then Anthony Camp will coach the defensive line. There's one remaining uh, assistant coach spot to fill. That will be the outside receivers position. And, Beck, if I told you I had a lead on that final coaching position, you'd probably have to believe me, right? Yeah, you've been pretty uh, – I don't like to toot your horn, but nah. you've been pretty dead on. Yeah, listen, I'm not here to brag, but I've been seven for seven so far the last two years. Hey. If you want to find out the latest, come join us at the website, bleedtechblue.com. Only $1. Use the promo code BTB6. Get you six months of premium access. Of course, 
ducking dogs are, you know, hitting the middle of conference play, really trying to position themselves for seeding for the conference tournament. Uh, you know, spring practice right around the corner coming up here in March, spring game in April. We'll have daily practice reports throughout. Uh, there's no better time uh, to join BleedTechBlue.com than right now. Big show plan for tonight. I'm just happy you're here. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Ben. Listen, uh, we got three shows left, and you're not going to miss one of them. Yeah, I don't have plans to miss any of them. That's what I like to hear. I'm here for the long haul. That's what I like to hear. Of course, big show tonight coming up in the next segment. Kane McGuire will join us. Uh, Kane's the SID for the Duncan Dogs. Duncan Dogs had a beautiful week on the road. Pick up a road win at Middle Tennessee, 80-73 last Thursday night. Uh, capped off the road sweep with a 72-58 win at UAB in Birmingham. I believe that's the first time Louisiana Tech has swept that road trip uh, since they got into Conference USA back in 2013-2014. So Kane will join us at 6.15, coming up at 7 o'clock. Maria Wynn Ratliff, Lady Texter softball coach, will join us. She's getting set for her first season after taking over for Coach Montgomery. She'll join us at 7 p.m. as they get set to open up their season next weekend. But, Beck, I think the big news of the weekend, and, you know, it was tough, and, you know, if you follow sports at all, you've heard the news, the death of Kobe Bryant, the helicopter that went down in the Los Angeles area that killed nine. Um, and, listen, we, we've talked about this a lot, you know, especially since it happened on Sunday. And we're young. You know, we, we've yet to hit the 30-year-old mark. I, I know Ken's a little bit older than we are. But you look at the death of Kobe Bryant, and, listen, he's not the only person that died. But, obviously, Kobe was the most impactful, the most world-renowned star that was on this helicopter crash, and I've I've had a hard time wrapping my mind around it. And I think you know we talked about in our group, and I, I mentioned this to Jake and Aaron the other day on the morning drive. It's like growing up, and you see these athletes in in the prime of their careers. As we grow up as kids, from you know eight to ten years old, when we really start getting into sports, up until just a few years ago when Kobe retired, you you really don't look at these athletes and think that it's possible that they could die. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that seems really extreme to say, but, like, I don't know that we've ever seen an athlete in our time that has passed away at such a young age in such a dramatic manner. And I think that's just so difficult to wrap my head around. Yeah, I think certainly not anybody is relevant to us or, you know, he's he's just an icon, so everybody knows him and – um, you know, like I remember when Michael Jackson passed away, but I didn't listen. I didn't grow up listening to him, you know, but I remember it thinking this is a really big moment. But when you texted our group on Sunday about that, I, I, you know, first of all, I didn't believe you, you know, it was TMZ that reported it, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, but you, even TMZ you were like, is what it is. It is what it is. But like you said, like for, a, it'd be suicide for them to, to do a big story like this and not be true. So I, I was certainly, or it is certainly just certainly a little shocked at how it hit me you know and uh like I'm not a guy that gets wrapped up in celebrities and you know I, I like to you know I'm interested but I don't feel like I know them personally or anything but that there was something about that I don't know if it was just the nature of the unexpectedness of it or um it was just sad man and I and it's it's it affects the whole I mean I, I was watching the golf tournament the you know the final round on Sunday and you're you're watching players like Tiger and some other guys find out like on air you know and 
um, you can just see how it had a ripple effect and um, it was just, it's just really sad. And, you know, for someone who, you know, I saw some great articles just talking about how this was kind of his second act of, of his career and it was, it was going, you know? Oh, it was phenomenal. And Ken and I were talking about that. Like if Kobe had lived until he was 70 and like we had told our, you know, our kids, our grandkids about him, like they might not have even realized he played basketball. He was so successful in his retirement life. And, I mean, Ken, I know you have some thoughts on it. Like, you grew up watching Michael a little bit, and then yeah. it went to Kobe. I mean, I know you uh, really thought of Kobe highly as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wasn't a Lakers fan. I was never really a Lakers fan, but you just have to appreciate the greatness when you watch him play. There was nothing. Obviously, I grew up watching Michael. I was the oldest of both grandkids on, on both sides of my family, so I grew up with everybody that was older than me, usually about 8 to 10 years older than me, so they were completely immersed in Jordan, which just had me under the Jordan umbrella as well. But I was young watching those games. I remember everything about Kobe. You remember him coming out as a 17-year-old, this little guy from Italy, all the pressure they're putting on him. Just the magnitude of losing somebody of – even you take away his you take away the basketball just the the pure drive that he had for everything oh, that he incredible. did yeah i mean most people when they retire okay i'm gonna take a few years off at least i'm just gonna you know chill out and enjoy my yeah. money he was quickly like we said on his way to possibly making people that he making people forgot that he ever was a basketball player yeah. he was that much was that just great of a yeah. human yeah absolutely and, and that and that's the thing too like all the stories that we hear nowadays beck is about kobe is how good of a dad he was and you know I, I know the thing that's going around social media today was about kobe embracing being a girl dad and like mm. you and i both have two daughters and it's like and you said it yesterday it's like if we were to die like like what would people say about us like what would people say like what would our kids think about us and it's like you just think about those things in a time like this, and, and granted, you we take those things for granted in everyday life, and sometimes these things remind us of them a little too quickly. But like Kobe Bryant had really figured it out, and he had been through a lot in his life. Like he he had had some off the court issues, but like Ken said, he really matured into a great human being. And I, I watched today the story, and everybody wonders why was Kobe in a helicopter, blah blah blah, and. He talked about, like, he figured out that he could ride in a helicopter and take 10 to 15 minutes to get to practice and 10 to 15 minutes to get home, and he could still be influential in his kids' lives and be able to take them to school and be able to pick them up from school on an everyday basis. And, like, those were things that mattered to him more than basketball did. And, like, when we look at these athletes, we view them as basketball players. But he embraced being a dad, being – just a normal guy part of society yeah that's what i was gonna say i mean the basketball aside i mean there's a lot of great basketball players but you know to have your brand and to be the whole package and kind of the appropriate way to let people into who you are outside of basketball that that's what's few i think you know there's a lot of great basketball players who weren't people people and yeah so no, they, i agree and so i think you know it's it's a unique time for him to to pass in the sense of how it affects everybody because you got all these college players and, and even some nba players that grew up watching kobe and what i didn't understand you know and in if he'd have died in twenty years, you don't have the oh, yeah. the basketball the current basketball players saying, "I grew up watching Kobe." It's yeah. like, no, no, you didn't. Like, <laughs> Same thing no, with us and Michael. You see the raw emotion, right? From right. The, yeah. But what I what surprised me was just 
how you know everybody says like I modeled my game after him. It's but you know that Mamba mentality deal is I thought was like a little bit of a gimmick. But what I kept hearing over and over again is how how like hard of a worker he was and how like cutthroat he was. That's what a lot of younger players were like. I want to I want to hate my opponent when I go out there, yeah. but hate him purely for wanting Wait, to beat him. Yeah, not because I hate him personally, but so he he really like embodied that mentality. And I you know I just I think I was just a little cliche about the whole thing. And then just hearing people talk, I'm like, man, he really. There, he really did influence a whole generation of basketball, and not just because he had a good jump shot. It was his mentality. It was literally his mentality. Yeah, no, and, his work ethic. Yeah, and he. So imagine how many kids saw someone like him and be like, "Well, I can do it." Like, well, I just, I'm just gonna. And just to add on that, before we get to the break, like I watched an interview with Rich Eisen and talking about that mentality, and you know, mo- a lot of people joked when Kobe retired, they were like, "Oh, he'll be back. He he can't live without the game. He's too competitive." And he said, like. No, like that motivates me. Like I don't want to be that athlete mm-hmm. that can't succeed in retirement. And it's just like that mentality on a daily like a daily basis that he brought every single day was just something that like we'll never forget. And like like you like y'all both said, he's not only one of the best basketball players ever, but he was the best at everything he you know, he tried to be the best at everything he did in life and you know, it's just a legend yeah. it's gone too soon and it's even more sad when you hear that his daughter who who you know not only looked up to him and wanted to be the next Kobe was on the helicopter with him and how she idolized you know Trey Young in the NBA and had seen him play twice and it's just so many different stories that you hear about Kobe and you certainly uh send your prayers and condolences not only out to Kobe's family uh, but all of them that were involved as well. So let's go ahead. Of course, you know, that was kind of what we wanted to talk about in the first segment. Let's go ahead and take our first time out. Uh, when we come back from the break, we'll be joined by Kane McGuire, SID of the Dunkin' Dogs. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. You gotta love it. 
Tech Sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, Ken Carter, live from the Sports Talk 97.7 studios here in Ruston. Joining us on the Fairway Carts hotline, Kane McGuire, SID for the Dunkin' Dogs. Kane, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I got to fill in with uh, the team always practicing <laughs> on Tuesday nights, hey. but uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Hey, we love to have you on. But Kane, in the first segment, we were talking uh, a little bit about the death of Kobe Bryant, just the impact he had uh, on so many different people in so really so many different ways uh, throughout his forty-one years. And you've been around the Tech basketball team the last couple of days. I know uh, a lot of those guys probably grew up watching him in the prime of his career, but what, what are some of the things that you'll remember most about Kobe Bryant? Gosh, uh, for me, it goes back to when, when him and Shaq, you know, reeled off three straight titles, um, back in the, the early two thousands was, you know, I was in high school at that time. And, uh, you know, a big Shaq fan, everybody was pretty much. And even going back to watching him with the Orlando magic, but when he teamed up with Kobe in, in LA, they were an unstoppable force. And, yeah, I grew up, you know, in the MJ days, but, you know, watching Kobe, it was like watching MJ. Um, and it's uh, certainly sad to, you know, on Sunday, actually, I was uh, working on my computer uh, doing some tennis work and to, to actually be on social media when the news broke, you know, from TMZ and to, to see the timeline just flood with people hoping that it wasn't true and, and trying to find a second source. It was, it was really interesting to see it all play out live on social media and just, so tragic oh yeah it certainly is but you know shifting gears a little bit talking about uh louisiana tech obviously eric conkle squad 15 and 5 overall 6 and 2 in conference usa play uh you know you look at this past road trip you go to middle tennessee i know middle have been struggling but it's never an easy road trip uh when you have to take on middle tennessee and uab uh in that road trip i believe it's the first time tech has swept that road trip uh in four tries um just kind of recap the trip a little bit and talk about some of the things that the Bulldogs did well. Yeah, you know, I've seen some tough losses in both those buildings. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of success in, in the Murphy Center and Murfreesboro and, of course, in Bartow. Uh, but starting out um, at middle, got off to a really great start, and I know that was the point of emphasis going in, especially coming off the North Texas loss where we got off to a, a bad start. And you, you kind of just start to start to see a trend in the games that we've lost. It's because we've gotten off the slow starts and had to play catch-up the, the rest of the way. So fast start was great to have. Um, Day-Day really got us off to a great start. and I got up by about 15, I believe, at halftime. And, you know, up 23 with eight minutes to go on the road. And, of course, you start to, you know, run a little clock and slow down a little bit. And, you know, middle's got some lethal shooters, and they started hitting some threes. And um, the pressure got to us a little bit. But, uh, fortunately, we had Mo Muhammad on our team uh, that night. Uh, he really carried us. And then, Against UAB, you know, I thought the team played great as well. You know, the Blazers came out and hit two three-pointers in a row, but that's not really their M.O. Uh, they're not one of the best uh, three-point shooting teams in the league. So uh, settled down, got into a nice rhythm, and just defensively were really really able to lock them up. And um, it was great to sweep that one. Like you said, we had never done that before. And you look at this team, you know, 15-5 and five overall, 6-2 and two in the league, obviously one of the better teams, if not the best team in conference, USA, and a lot of the talk in the preseason was about the 11 older players, upperclassmen on this team. How important do you think that leadership has been, 
you know, throughout the first 20 games of the season, whether it be, you know, helping continue a win streak or helping rebound from a loss even? Uh, I, mean, I think it's been vital. You know, the, this year we've, we've yet to lose back-to-back games, and I think that says a lot a lot about the leadership, being able to uh, to learn from your losses. And, you know, you're not going to always play your best basketball um, every single night. So um, to be able to, to fight through adversity whenever you don't may not have your best basketball and, and come out with wins and then also to be able to recover and, and move on quickly um, after a loss, especially after such a, a tough home loss against North Texas and, and go to a place at Middle Tennessee where we have not had a whole lot of success. I think that says a lot about the, the guys and the, and the character that we've had. And, you know, they've been in the program for, for such a long time, so many of them. And, um, it, it, and it's great to you know, hang around them you know, on and off the court. You know, they're, they're a terrific group of guys, and uh, they're fun to be around and fun to watch play basketball. And you look at this team on the defensive end of the floor. I think they're number one in Conference USA in points per game. I think they're number one in defensive efficiency as well. Uh, I guess a little bit of a two-part question. Was a heavy emphasis placed you know, prior to the season that we have to be good on the defensive end of the floor if we ultimately want to you know, reach our ceiling? And then the second part of the question is, talk a little bit about, obviously we know about Derek Jean, how good he is defensively, but really the perimeter defenders especially, their on-ball defense throughout the year has just been exceptional, if you ask me. Uh, I agree with you, and just I mean, college basketball in general, you see smaller and smaller lineups, and I've even seen metrics that the longer the basketball game goes, the smaller lineups get. So uh, it's so important to be able to have three and four guards out there, and and for us, you know, we have a bunch of point guards. You know, Derek Jean's been a point guard. Amari Archibald can play point. Daddy obviously can pay, play point. We bring Kobe Williams off the off the floor that can play point. So to have a lot of ball handlers like that. I think transitions on the defensive end because you're so used to guarding so many ball handlers in practice, if you know what I mean. So you, you have that preparation, um, and you may not necessarily see it in the steals categories um, as far as you know us having some of the best defenders uh, in the league. But uh, on the perimeter, you know, I certainly think that that we uh, we have a few uh, led by Derek Jean, of course. And you mentioned a senior earlier when you were talking about the Middle Tennessee game and Mo Muhammad. Obviously, twenty-two points, seventeen rebounds. I think I don't think we can overstate how important that was. But Tech backed up that performance and really dominated UAB on the glass Saturday, thirty-nine twenty-four. And I know Mo Muhammad was signed late in the process last summer, prior to the year. But man, his game has really progressed from when he got on campus to where he is now, and really he's become an integral part of this Bulldog lineup. Well, absolutely, and, and you think, you know, he didn't really start playing organized basketball until, gosh, you told him, I want to say maybe five, six years ago, and, you know, he's, he's still a, in a process of, you know, figuring out his body, getting stronger, and then getting better and understanding the game of basketball, and he's, He's been amazing this year. You know, he's second in the league in, in rebounds per game. Um, he's just—he has such a motor about him. You know, he's—he's he's only six-seven, but um, he can rebound with the best of them. And you know, at UAB, you, you could definitely tell that they watched that middle film and they did not want Mo to beat them. Uh, they denied him a lot of lot on the in the post and didn't allow him to get paint touches and. Um, you know, he wasn't really that much of a force, you know, when it came to rebounding with only having six. But, you know, Saturday was such a collective effort from everybody. Uh, P- 
Emerton had six rebounds. Andrew Gordon had six rebounds. Kobe Williams came off the bench, had four rebounds. So uh, it was a very big collective effort, you know, having a plus 15 rebounding margin against such a big team like UAB. But, you know, we were fortunate. You know, Will Butler, you know, one of their big guys, went down early and only played seven minutes. So they ended up having to play small in the end, which I think benefited us a lot. And looking ahead to this week, obviously, uh, like I mentioned, 6-2, and two, uh, you're always looking to position yourself for the bonus play, uh, which is really just six regular season conference games away. That's crazy. I know, I know four of those games will be at home. So Charlotte comes to town, same conference record uh, as the Bulldogs. Talk about the importance of that game and uh, you know maybe a little bit of what Charlotte brings to the table. I know they're really good defensively. Yeah, I mean, and, and all these games are important down the stretch. Like you said, it was six games before pod play because you want to get into the top five, which is the top five teams going into it. And then, of course, you want to be one of the top four uh, to get a first-round bye and obviously have a chance to, to try and win a, a Conference USA regular season title. But Charlotte, much improved. They, they've had quite a quite a bit of roster change under uh, Sanchez, who's in his second year as head coach. and They just get after you defensively. Uh, it's it's got to be... Um, a defensive battle for sure for both teams. Um, you know they have a, a freshman guard, Jameer Young, who may be their best player. You know and has an argument for for conference freshman of the year. Uh, I believe he's been named freshman of the week five times. Uh, was named this past week. Can really score it. Can really shoot it. Uh, and they're going to guard you really hard. Uh, you know we had such a hard time scoring there last year, uh, only scoring forty points, and, and that just kind of gave you a glimpse of of Sanchez and, and, you know, his mentor of Tony Bennett coming from Virginia and how he focuses on that side of the basketball. So um, we're definitely going to have to guard without fouling. Uh, they love to get to the free throw line um, and, and score points that way. Um, they don't shoot a lot of field goals, and that's just because they get to the foul line so much and, and they play, you know, a slower tempo. And it's kind of weird because Old Dominion turnaround on Saturday is pretty similar. It's kind of rare within this league that, that you play back-to-back games against opponents that are fairly similar basketball style. You know, I think that's one of the one of the hard things about this league is that there are so many kinds of styles that you have to play in from one night to the next. You could be playing you know, somebody completely different. Um, but it'll be two tough challenges, and obviously I, I encourage everybody to, to try and come out and, and support us um, in the TAC. Uh, there's no place like it for a basketball game. Um, we feed off the energy, and you know the, the tech is family, and we never want to let our family down. So we want that many people to come to these last home games as possible because we only have six more to go. And one more question before we let you go: You, you mentioned it briefly about uh, the difficulties in playing all the different styles within Conference USA. I think sometimes the league gets overlooked. You know, if you look at the conference RPI and all those different uh, metrics that are used. But talk about the quality of this league. It really feels like. Uh, just watching the teams on a nightly basis, the co- quality of competition uh, continues to increase year after year. It does, and yeah, I just uh, I'm, I keep looking for you know that year where all these teams kind of put it together, um, and, and they're kind of at their best at the same time. You know, this league has such so many great basketball teams that have great tradition and great history. Um, you know, you think of UTEP, even Charlotte. You know, going back to their Sweet 16 days. Uh, middle in their run recently, UAB in their history. There's just there's a lot of great basketball programs within this league, and you know there's been some ebbs and flows throughout some of them, um, but you know there there are quite a few that are are on the rise right now, like a Charlotte, and it's just 
it's really difficult. You know, it's 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 hard to to win games in the non-conference against you know Power Five schools uh, because they just they won't play you at home hardly at all. Um, in fact, we're the only team with a quad one victory within the league. Uh, so that just goes to show you, you know, you, you don't have very many opportunities for those quad one games. Uh, and you know, if you do, they're going to come on the road. So, um, but every night's a challenge within this league. But I know that Coach Conklin and them are just focused on one game uh, on Thursday against Charlotte at 6:30. Um, they're not focused on anything else, and uh, we'll just uh, hope for a great crowd and a great performance, and you know, go from there. Absolutely, Cam. We certainly appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Looking forward uh, to a great atmosphere Thursday night. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Cam McGuire, SID, Dunkin' Dogs basketball, certainly giving us some good breakdowns on the Dunkin' Dogs. Like I mentioned, 15-5 and five overall, 6-2 and two in Conference USA play. We're going to go ahead, jump to our next timeout. <clears throat> when we come back from the break, we're going to really – Dive into Louisiana Tech's two road victories over both Middle Tennessee and UAB. We'll be right back after the break. You listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. Hey, DQ fans, we're setting you up on a delicious date with a double fudge cookie dough blizzard of the month. It'll be love at first bite. A bite filled with everyone's favorite cookie dough, rich chocolate, and sweet cocoa chunks. All blended in a world-famous soft serve. Grab one today because you and this treat are a match made in flavor heaven. And get $1 any size soft drinks Monday through Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Only at your DQ. Happy tastes good. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Have you noticed more and more families in your neighborhood have easy go carts from Fairway Carts in Minden? That's because they've found out how much fun and how convenient an easy go multi-passenger cart is. Why not join them? Fairway Carts has a good selection of easy go gas and electric multi-passenger carts in many styles and colors with a whole slew of custom accessories. Visit the showroom on Highway 531 in Minden or call Fairway Carts at 371-CART. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC Beck Haynes, Kendrick Carter running the board. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. Beautiful Tuesday night here in Ruston, Louisiana. Getting ready to enjoy a... Rainy couple of days, I believe, Beck. Is, it, is there more rain coming? Can we get the weather guy on that? Yeah, a little more rain coming, back. Certainly uh, unfortunate to get the old kids out of the house. I'll put it to you that way. They get a little cooped up, don't they, BC? Woo! Beck, you ain't lying. I'm you sick ain't... of picking up all them toys every night, Ben. Hey, just don't do it. Just don't do it. They're coming out the next day. You might as well not. Exactly. So, you know, certainly want to appreciate Kay McGuire joining us in the previous segment to talk some Dunkin' Dog basketball. Uh, like I mentioned, we're going to break down the Bulldogs' 
two wins over Middle Tennessee and UAB. And you look, you know, you travel to Middle Tennessee, and we talked a little bit last week about, you know, Kermit Davis wasn't walking through that door for the Blue Raiders Thursday night. This is a Middle Tennessee team uh, that had lost 10 games in a row. Tech made it 11 uh, before they picked up a home win Saturday against Southern Miss. But they were 4-16 and overall. They had one Division One win all year. And, you know, you watched the first 20 minutes of that game, and it, it was certainly what you expected to see. Tech led 46-31 at the half. Uh, really came out shooting the ball extremely well. Uh, from three-point range, I think they were, I want to say something like five of eight, six of nine uh, from three-point range in the first half. I think they shot 71%. It was just a great first-half effort. I know Kane mentioned the first half that Daquan Bracey had. Uh, I believe he scored nine of Tech's first 11 points. And I listen, Beck, let, let's be honest. When you have some success – as a 18 to 22 year old, you saw it. I didn't have a lot of success in the classroom, but when I did, I got a little lackadaisical. Is that fair to say? Lackadaisical, yeah. So you could understand that the Bulldogs came out a little flat in the second half with a 15 point lead over a four and 16 team. There's right? a lot, a lot of. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. The old uh, playing to your competition theory in the second half. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, sit tight. Got it. coming back to you in just a minute. So take. You know, they, they played decently well to open the second half. They open up a 23-point lead, uh, you know, I think around the eight-minute mark in the second half. And then, I guess you could say the wheels fell off. And Middle Tennessee closed that game to within three with 20 seconds to go, 26 seconds to go. And Tech had to make a, a couple of late free throws to end up putting it away. But... The big killer was three missed front ends of one-and-ones with around a minute to go that allowed Middle Tennessee to really make it much tighter than it should have been. Bulldogs shot 59% from the field in the win, 54% from three, only 60% at the free throw line, 15 out of 25. That, is, that problem ain't going away, is it? Just I don't tell think me it if is. it's not, Ben. Just let me it's down not. easy. Just tell me if it's going away. It's not. If I gave you 50 free throws. we Are we doing this? Do you want to? Yes, we've talked about it. The free throw thing keeps coming up. And listen. Hey, I got a goal. I don't know how you coach You got a goal. I got a goal. You're saying 50? I think we can do 100. You're doing hundo. Yeah, we got nothing going on. Bill. Might take a few hours, bro. Your, your pre-free you know throw long routine it, takes a while. You know how long it takes to shoot 10 free throws? It takes you a while after you like seven dribbles behind the back between the – all right. How many do you think you would make out of Out of 100? I'd be lucky to make 60. Yeah, you would. <laughs> You'd be lucky to make 50. I've seen you shoot. <laughs> I can make it rain. Ben, let's talk about... Kent, you're looking at us. What do you... I mean, me and Ben, we, you didn't, we didn't play high school basketball. No. But we ball... We can we, ball we balled balls, all through yeah. college on, like, Sunday night. I mean... We can throw it up from three-point range. Me and Ben can make it rain. But I would say it's very average. How many? How like many? we can play with a with a group of guys, and people aren't gonna be like, "Oh gosh, I wish they'd leave." No, but yeah. they're not picking us first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how many do you think an average, just an average citizen, can make a hundred shot out of a hundred free throws? I don't think the average person can make fifty. No, no, 
Absolutely. The only thing I'm going off of is in, in that freshman year of high school, I did make 56. But I was playing – so I feel like I was probably shooting more than I've ever shot. Now, if you play a lot of pickup basketball and you're pretty good, yeah, like you can make 60. But I do not think that the average person average can make Joe? 50. No. No way. No. I feel like it's been – I used to play a lot of pickup. I haven't been playing very much. So well, also, I'd say I've, I've definitely sunk down into the average person. Well, I also feel like it's so overrated to – like – to say like oh just just practice or the coach needs to coach it yeah i don't know how you coach for it. it's all it's mental you get a psychologist yes. in there to start talking that's, to you that's right it, it, but at some point it becomes mental and i think that it is for tech in some especially late in games because i think late in games when you know you have to make free throws to win it's like man i better not miss this shot yeah that's what we can't replicate but, but we can we put can, a twenty burger down and see who scores makes the most. We can hire a crowd. I don't think we need to hire. I think they would come, Ben. Oh. If we set it up, BTV subscribers are coming. They will come. <laughs> hey. All right. Hey, Taves will come. We know he likes basketball. Taves does like who? Yo, Taves would be okay. Okay. Taves okay. Be okay. Let's do this, Ben. Before next week, we're gonna put it on the board. All right. Because I know I know all the probably only eighty five percent of the board is listening right now. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> We'll put it on the board. We'll take uh, we'll take some wagers. We will go to we'll go to, we'll go shoot a hundred free throws each, judged by each other. So there's no like I'm going no, on yeah, Tuesday, you're going on Wednesday. No, that's fine. We'll go up there together. We'll bring the girls, let them run around the gym. All right, and we're gonna see who wins. All right, what are you comfortable wagering? It doesn't have to be money. It can be something else. Now, I, I'll give you twenty bucks. Yeah, you. I, will. I know you're not gonna make more than me. I've seen that jump shot. Oh. I don't know if you can call it a jump shot if I don't get off the ground. I've you know seen what I'm saying? Set shot. <laughs> Beck, you would rather shoot. I think I can make more than you. you. Would ra- I've seen you shoot. You would rather shoot top of the key threes than free throws. Yeah, I would. Free throws are a little <laughs> mental for me. <laughs> like you know when you do that thing where you have to like you know first five to make it or you know yeah. you got you got three spots to fill. Like yeah. it's never me. Okay. No, yeah. But me then either. as soon as we're done shoot, as soon as that's over, You're I can make a hundred in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a pressure ass. All right, let's yeah. put a twenty dollar uh, twenty dollar spot on the, right. on who can make the most out of a hundred. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. If we make like fifty five to sixty percent, I'm gonna be embarrassed for tech basketball. Okay, fair enough. We may be coming in at the forty two number. I don't know, Ben. Man. I've been seriously wrong about the average Joe before. Here, here's the thing about free throws: when you're shooting a hundred, if you, you start, rhythm. if you yeah, if you start, oh, making I see a few, what you're saying. You're gonna make a bunch in a row. Yep. Yeah, but I think... No, here's what we're going to do. You're going to hate this. You can make me run up and down the court? Yes. Okay. We're going to go, and we're going to shoot 10, and then you're going to run for three minutes. Ooh. Three minutes? Yeah. Three minutes, Whoa. man. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> no, no. listen, we're not, we're not going to... A down and back. We're not going to put any A down and in. back. Ben, I know you work out at all hours for 20 <laughs> minutes once a week, okay? I know you're in shape, okay? <laughs> But let's not pretend like either of us could do anything after three minutes of continual running. Hey, got to bend the knees, knock it down. All right, so we'll shoot 10, down and back. All right. Shoot 10, down and back. You got it. We, do you want to do 100 have... or do you want to do 50? No, we'll decide when we get there. If if it's taking, you know, four hours. All right, we'll see. Arm's going to be feeling pretty ripe at yeah. about 60. Yeah, yeah so you might want to. You want to just call it 50 now? You want to back off a little much. bit? <laughs> we'll just back it off a little bit. Hey. We can do some math. We can just double it. Yeah, you know? we can handle that. We All right, we'll it. shoot 50 free throws. All right. 
Then we'll report back. We'll report back. Love it. Oh, certainly good. So looking ahead, uh, obviously Tech squeaked, squeaked out the win late against Middle Tennessee, 80-73. to Traveled to Birmingham Friday, got set for a matchup with UAB. Obviously, a UAB team that's really been a, te- a thorn in Tech's side in Bartow Arena. I think Tech's only won one time in its history prior to that. UAB, listen, if, if you watch UAB play basketball, like you must not have a whole lot else going on because they play one of the slowest brands of basketball. They don't shoot it well. Quite honestly, they don't have great players. To be completely honest with you, the best player, Jalen Benjamin, don't get me wrong, he is pretty good, but he was 5'10", about 165. Like, not cutting it. Whether you want to talk Conference USA or the ACC, just not cutting it. Bulldogs really went into Birmingham and took care of business. Uh, UAB scores the first six points of the game. Tech followed with an 11-0 run, uh, and they would never trail again. Ledoux put Tech up by 23 with 6.22 remaining, Tech coasted to the 14-point win. Uh, Ledoux with 17 points off the bench. Uh, it was really big in this game for Tech. You know, Ledoux's the McNeese transfer. Obviously, um, has really taken to the role of being the sixth man. And I've said it before, I think he'll be the best, you know, sixth man of the year uh, within Conference USA. Uh, like I said, knocked down four three-pointers, scored 17 points. Tech hammered UAB 39 24 on the glass so just looking at conference usa standings uh to this point in the season north texas leads the league at eight and one obviously they defeated tech in rust and western kentucky uh seven and one tech travels up to bowling green next thursday night so a week from this thursday it's at 8 p.m tip on cbs sports network tech is six and two charlotte six and two they'll be in Ruston thursday night fiu at five and three Dusty May in Florida Atlantic at 4 and 4, sixth place in the league, along with UTSA and Old Dominion, who are also at 4 and 4. Old Dominion comes to Ruston Saturday afternoon. That's a 4 p.m. tip. Be a red out, Beck. Make sure you wear your red. You know I love the red, Ben. You love the red. Oh, you are not a fan of oh, these red. I years. do not like it. I do not think Tech is a red school. I don't think you should, hate the I don't basketball think we should. ones. There's, yes. Oh. Ben, I forgot. If I'm a recruit, that. I forgot about I you. I turn around and last. walk out if they make me. And then they'll put them, they'll put them in the red ones to take their recruiting picture. Yeah, I'm like, you're trying to drive them out. Yeah, I mean, put the ones you don't really want in red, and put the ones you do want in blue. I forgot I was about to get you on a oh. rant by mentioning the red. Dude, I, I it is. It is. It, I love tech. <sighs> I bleed blue okay not red poke me it comes out blue okay <laughs> not red oh looking at ninth place in the standings utep and uab tied at three and five marshall's also three and five southern miss is at 12th place at two and six middle tennessee at one and seven rice at one and eight our good friends at la tech sports report if you haven't followed them on twitter um you need to do so they certainly put out a plethora of good information uh they did some they looked at some of the Ken Palm rankings, some of the ESPN BPI matchup predictions. Uh, they averaged them. They ran a simulation over the next three weeks. They did it 1,000 times, and here's what they came up with. They came up with Tech finishing in the top pod at 12 or 11-3 and three overall, which would have them finishing at second place prior to pod play. If Tech finishes 11-3, and three, I'm happy. 11-3 prior to pod play puts you in a great spot to potentially win the regular season conference t- tournament or conference title before the conference tournament. 
if you win the regular season, like we know, you end up in the NIT at a minimum. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say that my goal is for Tech to end up in the NIT, but uh, if that's your consolation prize, you certainly have to view it positively, especially compared to, you know, recent years uh, when Tech finished 20 and 13 a year ago, 17 and 16 the year prior. Uh, so certainly uh, a lot to play for the Duncan Dogs uh, come the last three weeks of the regular season. We're going to go ahead Take our next time out when we come back from the break. A little rapid fire. I put back to the test. Be right back. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Sweep the Swamp is back and is better than ever. Only at Johnny's Pizza House. Loaded with Louisiana crawfish, U.S. farm shrimp, and Dewey sausage, Cajun spices, onions, bell peppers, jalapenos, a taste of crab, and mozzarella cheese. Don't let the good times roll on by. Feed the entire crew with a Sweep the Swamp pizza, an 8-inch crustless pizza bowl, or as a Johnny's flip. Grab a Sweep the Swamp today before the party's over. Savor that Cajun flavor at Johnny's Pizza House. all the time. Excuse me? No, it doesn't. You always alert me. My point exactly. Cars that have forward-facing cameras need to be recalibrated when you replace the windshield. How would I know that? Most people don't. Next time, take it to Acme Glass and Mirror. They were the first one in the region that could replace your windshield and recalibrate your forward-facing camera. And unlike taking it to a dealership and paying out of pocket, Acme will bill your insurance. It's that easy. Thanks. I'm going to Acme Glass and Mirror. While other golf car manufacturers are just getting around to lithium batteries, EasyGo leads the way. A new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden with a lithium battery delivers much longer battery life. Their batteries are maintenance-free, deliver consistent performance, and come with an unprecedented eight-year battery warranty. Choose the leader in lithium battery technology, EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden. Visit the showroom or call 371-CART. Get ready for a healthy dose of Louisiana Tech sports. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank, is back on the radio. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, Bet Canes, Ken Carter running the board. What a fun show tonight, Beck. Oh, yeah, BC. Didn't, didn't really mean to get you fired up about the red uniforms. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you don't being, like. I know I, you don't like the red uniforms in hoops. How about football? Oh, terrible I, too. I had my, you know, believe it or not, I had I, my best tweeting uh, fall this year and you know winter season. I was, you know, I had quite a few that got a lot of attention. And one of the ones that got a lot of attention was I tweeted, "Tech has their best season in 35 years." You want to know why? I remember. That. Didn't wear the red helmets one single. Oh time. man, you you kind of caught some flack for that though. The, I know. The like, purists aren't big fans. Of I, the just I just don't. I just don't. I like the white way better than the red. Oh my gosh! You gotta have. You can't have two primary colors. You look like a middle school team. 
Ben? Is that right? No, probably not. I just, to me, that is, it, like, when you have red and blue, like, that dominant of colors, you just, it looks like a toy to me. That's I, what I think of. And I got the most unpopular opinion of the year. You love them. Tech's new uniforms in football this year were sweet. You, you think that's an unpopular opinion? I've heard so many people hate on the uh, the sleeve stripe. You know people don't like change, Ben. The sleeve stripe isn't great. Yeah, it looks a little like a like a short stash. Like a middle school. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I, I don't really like them. I really like the New York. Well, you like them because you pay attention to what's – I like the color. You're like, you know, what's going on in college. And that's what – those are those match what's going on in, in college. Oh, here here's a question we have. I got. This is totally okay, off hit, the cuff. Hit me. So – Let's go back to probably early 2000s. Oregon started churning out uniforms. I'm talking something new every week. I, I bet they hadn't worn the same uniform in 20 years. Do you think that still plays a big role with recruits? I'm talking as far as, like, the look of your uniforms, the number of alternates, um, you know, just like, 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 let's say Tech, for example. Let's say they got some black uniforms with, like, some chrome helmets, like, would that be a big like be a big hit? Like how big of a deal is that, or has that kind of died off? You know, as we've got, you know, as it's became more normal. I th- yeah, I think it kind of becomes part of the allure of Oregon, or just like the culture of Oregon. I think you know that, but I don't know if uh, I just don't think you ever get a situation where two schools are just truly apples to apples, and it comes down to that. Well, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like no, it's gonna, it's going to be like like that's a neat thing about Oregon. I guess you can consider it an uptick, but it's not like a. I wouldn't say it's not like I'd go to Oregon over USC because their uniforms are sweet. Yeah, no one's doing that. It might be like, you know, you have a lot of other factors, and it's like, and but I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not excited about that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I but you. I don't think it's a, you know, I mean, it may get some people in the door or just have put it Oregon. It might get you it's in like, the door. It's like advertising, like it just oh, kind of yeah. put Oregon on the map. I agree with that. Yeah, it's a little a really more good than, advertising. I mean, they, they have good sports teams, but I just think it's kind of like a. They're a little flashy. So, so say tech hoops. You know, you got the white, you got the blue. But I do think bad uniforms can have a more of a negative effect than good uniforms. So, who who are some colleges that you would say have bad uniforms? Maryland. You don't like Maryland? Are they the one with like the checkered helmet yeah. and the? Yeah, yeah I hate those that. are terrible. I do hate that. Uh, UAB. Oh, awful! That's the worst green I've yeah, ever seen. It's bad. There's a couple I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean we we tend to I tend to like more classic uniforms. See, like, I don't. I know that's where we differ. And like I like me like like Alabama. Nebraska and Alabama. Like uh, I see the I see the Iowa. Oh, USC. Oh, like those are so plain. Yeah, but but there's a lot of people that think plain is like classic. Oh, I know. And, and there's so much tradition to those as well. Yeah, they've been the same for forever. But if you're Alabama, like let's take Bama for example, like what would they change their uniform? Yeah, I mean to? you can't come out with all of a sudden like I mean like an elephant. I mean I don't even get it. Yeah, <laughs> the Crimson Tide. Here's my elephant mascot. <laughs> but it's like, what could you do with like crimson red? Like yeah. if you put them in all crimson pants and jerseys, like it would look terrible. I mean terrible. Like. Hey, did you see Jalen Hurts got that helmet that was yeah half Bama? and half? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm mad about that. I'm not yeah. gonna pretend like it. You know, that's not a part of his story. You know, hey, Jalen. Hey, our our friends, uh, the Davidson boys, probably hate that loyalty. You know, yeah. don't have any room for uh, any other fandom but their own. You know, Dude, Jalen Hurts, he's one of my favorite. Not gonna lie, I'm a big fan of Jalen. You are you? Yeah. I got another question What's for the, you. Okay, go ahead. Super Bowl's coming up this week. Do we yep. got a text from Cookie? Yeah. Go Chiefs, forty-nine to fourteen. Go bold or go home, Chiefs. Hmm. 
Well, I got a question for you. Better quarterback. Who you got this week? Not better quarterback. We know that. Who do I got? I got 49ers winning, but I think Patrick Mahomes is. Who plays better, Patty or Jimmy G? Patty, but Jimmy G just doesn't have to do as much as Patty does. That's true. And their offenses are totally different. That's true. Let's go ahead, jump right to the fairway carts hotline. Who we got? Got Chase. Chase, what's happening tonight? Not much. How are y'all doing? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I wanted to make a comment about the uh, uniforms real quick. Let's hear it. The number one reason why college football is my absolute all-time favorite sport is the tradition. Ah. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of the traditional uniform. So you love, like, Penn State, Bama. You love all well, the – I'm not, not saying I'm not saying the uh, school. I'm not saying the school. Just like the uniform type. Yeah, it, the pattern is one thing, but you got to keep the color. To me, if you go with something that's not even a school color, that's a deal breaker for me. Hmm. Yeah, sense. but see, like Alabama has like, you know, crimson red and then white. You know, like I, I think that's that. You don't need to have three color, three to four colors in your color scheme. Like Tech has red, blue, and white, gray, and what the only one we don't have is like black. But I just. I don't like two major primary colors in a school, but I know that's that's prevalent all over. I just it's not what I prefer. Yeah, I can see that, but but you know I don't want to go to like black when that's not our school. No, that's right. fair. Yeah, that's, that's not. Fair. Yeah, black would be totally pulling something or, out of the box. It's camo or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, it's camo kinda, would be sick. It's kind <laughs> it's kind of like tech. maybe for a military appreciation game, but other than that, no. It, it's kind of <laughs> like tech wearing the gray basketball uniforms. Like it just doesn't really kind of go with what right. they do. That's no, I, not us. That's taking our identity away. I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Okay. All right. That's all I wanted to say. Appreciate you, Chase. Have a good night. All right. Y'all too. You can call us. You can text us just like Chase did on the fairway carts. Yeah, well, Ben, why don't you just wear red during our free throw competition? I love it. <laughs> all right, Beck. I got a couple of rapid-fire questions. And listen, we've pretty much taken up the whole segment, but I got to touch on these two. <laughs> What th- these questions are great. All right, what's the best excuse that Tech fans give when Tech loses? Like, like what's the one that's like most funny? What sport? Football. Like, what's most funny to you? Uh, well, I'm trying to think of the ones that I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, the one I probably hear the most is Skip went conservative. Yeah, but I use that one. But at the same time, like, like I get that argument. But at the same time, like, like how do you know? Like, especially well, the, some of the games when it's like only throwing six times in the second like, half, when like you've the been grambling dominant. game. Yes. Like, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So I don't. I mean, that's the. I'm trying to think of the ridiculous ones. Like, you 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 read them more than what's your my, answer? My favorite one for this year, especially, was like when Jamar was out. It was like, like obviously we knew. Like this is nothing against Aaron Allen, but like you're not gonna have a great chance of winning with your conference USA player offensive player of the year out. But then some fans would be like, This is entirely on skip. He did not develop the backup quarterback. Oh yeah, that's bad. And I'm like 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 when do you want the backups to play? Like like even my dad tries to say it. I'm like, Dad, like get out of here. Like get out <laughs> Like like you don't like you you want to put the backup QB in when you're down 14-7 to on the road at Rice? Like, no. Like, you play the backup quarterbacks when you're throttling Bowling Green and UMass. Like, like I don't know. Like, well, yeah. 
Do so, we want a two QB system? Like I'm like, Dad, get out of here. So you don't last, know. Last year when we were losing all those one point games or whatever. Twenty seventeen, yeah. Yeah, twenty seventeen. It was uh, all uh it was you know the guys aren't focused. They yeah. didn't get off the bus. They weren't focused. Yeah, it's like, come on. Or or it's like or I love these old we better we better have a quarterback that can run behind our O line. <laughs> and I'm like, What? We had a thousand yard rusher, and our quarterback was sacked like less than two times a game. Like, or when people say Jamar doesn't throw a catchable ball. <laughs> yeah, what like you? You. <laughs> you said that. No, <laughs> you you would always be like, "Oh, Jamar throws the ball too hard." <laughs> like what? I said like, I did say that. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> he throws the ball too hard. All right, one more question before we get out of there. All right, th- this is a big issue that I've had. And I've talked to some people about this this week. And this kind of goes on the Trey Holtz deal. Obviously, Tech fans, you know, if you saw Twitter, a lot of people were like, oh, they can't hire Trey Holtz. That's nepotism, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, nepotism law is what it is. Like, that's fine. Like, but let's don't be dumb. Like, Trey Holtz is qualified to be the inside receivers coach. But, like, it goes back to, like, like why do you even care? Like, like what? Yeah, why are you calling nepotism on your own school? Yeah, like what? Like what is going to make a tech like tech fans be more homerish? Well, fu- like, first of all, first of all, who homer. give? I, this is going to sound disrespectful. Who cares about the inside wide receivers coach? Like, <laughs> get somebody in there that knows football, but and then be like, done with it. he's probably not going to change your team. And you're probably not going to even hear a word. At, like, you're not going to hear about from him. He's not doing interviews. Yeah. You don't know. You don't have a clue. 99.999% of people don't have a clue what he's doing at practice. My challenge to Tech fans is this in 2020. Be massive homers. Because I could tell you something. If you say one bad word about any other school on Twitter, they will just shred you. And tell you, I don't care who they are. They can be UTEP, and they're going to tell you about the one good season they had in 1977. Like, be that kind of homer. Instead of being the kind that says, I agree with you. Yes! <laughs> like, just be a homer. Like, I just want Tech fans to be homers. Like, be, like, almost obnoxiously. Well, that's, I mean, I think you, we, we, that's how you, it's part of the justification process. It's like, I won't be disappointed if I'm also yeah. mad. Like, I think I'd rather be mad than be just sad. Yes! <laughs> like, just be a homer. Yeah. Psychology of people now, Ben. Oh, you can't. I'd rather be mad me. than the sad. It's killing me. Let's go ahead, Ken. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. We'll be joined by Lady Texter Head Softball Coach Maria Wynn Ratliff. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank. We are the Uncommon Bank. Visit us online at fn.bank. Member FDIC. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. 
Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. Have you noticed more and more families in your neighborhood have easy-go carts from Fairway Carts in Minden? That's because they've found out how much fun and how convenient an easy-go multi-passenger cart is. Why not join them? Fairway Carts has a good selection of easy-go gas and electric multi-passenger carts in many styles and colors with a whole slew of custom accessories. Visit the showroom on Highway 531 in Minden or call Fairway Carts at 371-CART. Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, Beck Haynes, Ken Carter doing a fantastic job running the board. Louisiana Tech softball season. It's inching closer and closer by the day. And joining us on the Fairway Carts Hotline to discuss the Lady Texters head softball coach, Maria Wynn Ratliff. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's a little uh, wet out here, but uh, had a good, productive uh, evening of practice. Absolutely. Certainly. Uh, I think it might be wet for the remainder of the week, but, uh, you know, y'all getting to practice on turf certainly has to uh, be beneficial in this time. Absolutely. We've gotten quite a bit of moisture uh, since we've been back from break, but uh, being able to be out there on turf at the Ruston Sports Complex has definitely helped us uh, be able to get some things done that we might not have been able to get accomplished uh, if we didn't have that availability to turf for sure. Absolutely. And coach, you know, we last had you on back in September and now you've had five months here in Ruston. Uh, what are those five months? What have they been like for you? What What have you tried to accomplish uh, in your first five months on the job as you try to prepare uh, for the upcoming season? I think getting to know the team a little bit more um, individually, getting to know about them as people and in better ways of um, helping me understand them to be able to get the most out of them. Um, You know, coming from a junior college setting, um, you know, just having a staff and being able to to really work and trust, you know, having a staff and understanding, you know, the different parts of the game. I'm used to having to do everything. And, you know, it's nice to have a pitching coach that, you know, can really take our pitchers and, and spend time with them and be able to delegate some things. So I think, you know, it's just, it's been great. The family atmosphere of the, the whole university and athletic department um, and just, you know, getting, getting to know a lot more about, about the team. I thought I knew a lot of the team dynamics, but obviously the last five months, you know, just really getting to, to, to jump into that and, and get to know more about them and, and them get to know a lot more about me and, and my personality and, and the culture that I want within the program and how I want us to do things. And so let's talk a little bit about one of the interesting dynamics of this upcoming season. Obviously, you guys don't have a true home field, so to speak, on campus, but you've been able to adapt. You've been able uh, to move over to the sports complex. It's where you'll play uh, all of your home games this year. Uh, How has that transition been? Has it thrown off any of the uh, rhythms that you guys might have otherwise had? No, I mean, I don't think it has. I mean, there's some convenience things there that I think in the past, having a facility right there on campus, um, you know, it, it, uh, 
made it a little bit easier for, for the young ladies and some things. But, you know, we've been very fortunate um, of what the city of Ruston has allowed us to do. Um, you know, we were on the baseball side all fall while they were finishing up the softball side, and now we've moved over to softball since we got back uh, from uh, winter break. And, you know, it, it, we're very fortunate, um, you know, to, to have to deal with the tragedy that happened last April and, and just knowing what is available to us um, as far as batting cages, you know, as far as, as having that turf and different sizes of fields I think has been nice as well because, you know, we have one at 215, we have some at 200. So knowing that we're going to go play at other um, facilities, it kind of gives us some different opportunities. Um, so, you know, it, it, is, um, it is tough and it is an obstacle and some adversity that we have to face, but I definitely believe that it's going to make us better for it in the end. And so you look at this season, obviously, uh, the non-conference portion of the schedule, you have you know various schools on the schedule like Texas Tech, LSU, Syracuse, ULL, Clemson. We could go on and on uh, about all the challenging games that y'all will face in the non-conference portion of the schedule, especially early in the year. But what, what are some of your goals uh, for this team in that non-conference portion prior to conference play? Well, I think we're unique in the circle. Um, and meaning that, you know, we have two returners that didn't see a ton of pitching time last year, and then we're bringing in two new faces. And, um, you know, those, those new faces have had a ton of opportunity at the junior college level and to be able to prove themselves and have success. And so I think for us, establishing that non-conference season is just confidence in the pitching circle, understanding that we're going to be a pitching staff, relying on each other. I think we bring four different looks. Um, to the table and then I, I think understanding that you know we lost some dominance offensively and kind of figuring out who's going to be able to, to help pick us up in those roles and um, you know really establish some leadership um, from all facets of the game and so when you do have four different pitchers they can obviously uh, bring you know different skill sets to the tables can pitch uh, in a variety of different ways how beneficial is that to you as a coach Oh, I think it's great. I mean, it just it gives us matchups. You know, it gives us opportunities to to put the the best players against or the best pitchers in scenarios against those certain hitters. And so, I you know, I think for us, it it gives us so many opportunities. And and because they do things so differently, you know, it gives us some in game adjustments that we can make. Um, you know, especially for me because I really haven't had the opportunity to do that in my career. You know, over time because. Uh, just in the positions that I've been at before. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's going to give us a huge advantage. Um, and, you know, for the, the people that have played us before, I mean, they're, they're really seeing four new people. Um, so we're going to be hard to scout early, um, you know, and, and I think even inside of that, you know, they just can do so many things. I mean, just different looks that they can give us that, Today they might be the down ball kid, but tomorrow they might be the up ball kid because they bring so much to the table. And I know you mentioned that obviously you lose uh, some great offensive contributors when you talk about Morgan Ticoli, you talk about Jaslyn Crowder, but uh, you do return some talent uh, when you talk about, you know, obviously Lindsey Edwards was the preseason Conference USA Player of the Year. Uh, just talk a little bit about her specifically. Uh, what have you seen from her this fall and into the spring uh, that has impressed you, and what have you learned about her uh, on the on the diamond? You know, it, it, she's so unique because she's so humble, and I have to remind her sometimes how good she is. 
Um, and, you know, she's just one of those kids that wants to show up. She wants to work. She wants to do the things that she's supposed to do. She wants her team to be successful. Um, and so it, it, she's one of those kids that every coach wants to coach because she just does what she's supposed to do. And sometimes I say, you know, I need to, I need to pitch you to remind you that, you know, you're, you're as good as you are. And so the day that it got announced, I said, what do you think? I said, were you surprised? And she just kind of looked at me and I said, I wasn't surprised for one second. Um, so, you know, she's just one of those kids that you enjoy having on, on your side of the fence. You don't want to play against her, but you sure love working with her every day. And you look at your team offensively, uh, obviously led by Edwards, but you, you want to be able to beat teams in a variety of ways, uh, whether whether it's the long ball, whether it's with the speed, whether it's with, you know, bunting, whatever it may be offensively. What have you learned about your team, and, and what do you kind of see your style of play uh, being at least heading into the year? Well, I think we're going to have to manufacture runs a little differently than they have in the past. Um, you know, we're, we're trying, like we spent a lot of time today on just offensive situations and understanding what we need to do in those situations because we might be this style of hitter, but at this point of the game, this is what we have to have. And so we want them all to have the skill set to be able to get bunts down, move runners over, be able to give themselves up, you know, be able to understand when we need to drive a run in from third base and we're looking just for that sacrifice fly. Um, so, you know, I think just really just educating them on the offensive situations and, you know, really understanding what we need to do in, in key at bat um, and, and making sure that they all understand that they're equally as important, you know, that there's not one member of the team that's more important than the other. It's going to take all 20 of us to be successful both offensively and defensively. And, Coach, you mentioned a little bit earlier how difficult uh, it, it might be for some opponents to scout you guys, especially in the circle, uh, with some new faces in there that haven't seen a lot of time. But from your standpoint, you're a new coach, you're new to Conference USA. How will that affect you from a preparation standpoint, knowing that you haven't seen a lot of these players? Obviously, you'll still have some scouting reports, but uh, how will you kind of adjust to that, you know, not necessarily knowing the league all that well? Well, you know, I'm very fortunate um, with Bianca Duran and Brooke Morris, who have been a part of the program, and, you know, Brooke has been here in her second year. Bianca's going on her fourth year. So, you know, being able to, to heavily rely on this, I think that's been the most special part for me in taking this position is just knowing that I don't have to do it all by myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, that it, 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 that's part of it. And, um, you know, allowing myself to have that growth, even though I'm going into year 16 of, of being a head coach, and um, I think that's something that we've done really well since I've got on board is it's not been my team, it's our team. And it's not my staff, it's our staff. And giving them the empowerment, you know, to, to help me make decisions and, and to help me in this process. Um, and I think that's something that's made this whole transition just really special. Absolutely. And one last question, we'll let you get out of here. You guys get the opportunity, uh, really a rarity, to, to face off with the U.S. national team uh, in an exhibition game on April 15th. Talk about uh, a little bit about what that experience will be like and, uh, you know, just the, I, I guess, really just how cool it is uh, to be able to face off against such quality competition really in the middle uh, portion of y'all's season. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, I can think about, you know, as the decades have passed, those players that I looked up to now have retired and, you know, talking to the girls about, you know, just something that they're going to remember forever, you know, that uh, you're going to get to face the best of the best, and it's an Olympic year. Um, so, you know, we were very humble and blessed that they reached out to us. We actually had a non-conference game scheduled, 
And so um, with our opponent of, of uh, ULM, and so Molly and I got together and said, you know, hey, how can we make this work? Because, you know, they approached us both. And so I think it's just really special, you know, that, that we're bringing that kind of environment into Louisiana. And so many young ladies are going to get to, um, you know, be able to benefit from that. So, you know, not just from our own players, but just from our state. Um, you know, the city of Shreveport, just, you know, what a, what a great experience it's going to be. And um, we're, we're definitely excited about it. Absolutely, Coach. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, and we'll certainly be pulling for you all uh, throughout the 2020 campaign. Thank you so much. Maria Wynn Ratliff, head softball coach of the Lady Texters, joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's, it's pretty crazy. Baseball and softball are here. Basketball's in full swing. Football's getting set for signing day. Spring practice will be here. Beck, I got to tell you, not complaining about the work, but uh, might tick up a little bit here. It doesn't slow down, BC. Over here at Bleed Tech Blue, always running and gunning and finding out information hey, for our subscribers. Let's be honest. That Lady Texas softball team won 45 games a year ago. Went to a regional. Got some talent. Looking to be natty champs this year, BC. You could make the argument that they might be the uh, one of perhaps the best program on campus, or do you like bowl games more? <laughs> All right, well, we, we won't go there. <laughs> don't, we don't got time. We to go don't there. got time. So let's go ahead, take our final timeout of the night when we come back from the break. We'll put a bow on it. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. <laughs> Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat. And you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoked cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe, and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Cards hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Final segment of the night, BC, Beck Haynes, King Carner. A fantastic job running the board tonight. Beck, got a, got a few more questions for you tonight before we get out of here. Hit me. All right. In case you didn't know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about Patty Mahomes or Jimmy G. Obviously, Mahomes is clearly the better quarterback. Uh, probably more skilled, I would say. I would say this. Flashy. Listen, it, I believe it was yesterday. It was 50 years to the day since Terry Bradshaw was drafted number one overall in 1970. And I, I heard people talking about guys that could throw a football like Terry Bradshaw. And you, you see Brett Favre mentioned and the other name. Patty Mahomes, yeah, Patty can sling it. He's uh, you know, pretty good. I 
there's just a few people that just have that you know superhuman ability to to do that and Aaron Rodgers comes to mind for me with that just those unnatural throwing motion and kind of like Slink. just effort you know just effortless you know and, and Patty Mahomes like you could be down forty two to seven but I think he's gonna win the game well they just I, they just they score fast they you know score like so easy Tyreek Hill who can, oh he's my favorite yeah, player I know he is okay here's oh. here's my comparison to that like Peyton Manning you know he's one of my favorite athletes of all time Omaha. Omaha. But he it looked even, like it took 110% of his energy to throw the ball 30 yards. I mean, he could do it. He could fling it back in the day. Yeah. But it took everything he had. Patrick sneezes and that thing goes 75. Back. 75. Back. Peyton couldn't even do a, a hurry-up offense because he'd be like, Omaha. Yeah, I think his, uh, I think his, you know, like signals. It was just the the different emphasis he put on Omaha. It wasn't uh, any other words. Uh, it was just uh, Omaha and the sixty five uh, different uh, ways he could say. Every it. time he took off his helmet, he had the massive red rectangle. Yeah. His, on his whole forehead. entire career, nobody could cut his forehead pad in a way that would actually help him. Oh, I'll never Poor forget guy. that. God, that was awesome. So, Super Bowl's coming up this weekend, obviously, but certainly, our boy, certainly. Trent Taylor. He's, he's, on, he's there, isn't he? He's there. He's on IR. All 5'9", 180 pounds of Trent Taylor's there. But if you were Trent Taylor, like, what, what would your thoughts be? Like, I would I be may so never upset. be here again. Well, true. <laughs> I don't think you're upset. I mean, I think you're frustrated with the injuries, but at the same time, injury or not, there's Dude, a lot they of – they messed up his surgery twice. They messed, it, they so messed it up? Yes. I didn't know that. The screw in his foot. They had to go in and redo the surgery twice. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had to do. Well, they didn't have to redo it twice. I'd be, I'd be ticked, but his he could also he could be he could be well off the IR and just on the the couch well, somewhere. That's fair. So if I'm Trent, I'm just there's a lot of people that play in the league. You want for some a bling? Lo- well, I'm just saying there's a lot of people that play in the league for a, a long time and don't ever get to sniff the playoffs, much less a Super Bowl. So that's fair. Hey, that's like fair. Josh McCown. That dude put in like 15, 16 years and finally saw a playoff game. Cried like a baby and he played terrible. I don't Damn. know what he was crying Whoa, about. He had a torn quad off the bone. True. I think it was his hamstring, though. Whatever. That's A true. big muscle in the leg, Ben. You know who we hadn't got on this year is Luke McCown. Oh, great interview. Man. I enjoyed seeing Luke on the sideline this year. You I was going to talk to him every game. But Luke McCown is one of the best interviews. But, hey, you better ask your top three questions because, listen, we'll be in 15 minutes deep <laughs> after three questions. <laughs> Luke can provide you with – I'd so much rather that than some people that give, you know, four-word answers. You're like, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, pretty rough. Pretty rough. So, um, who do you got this week in BC? Who's BC putting like, his Monopoly money on? All right, let's be honest with about this for a sec. Like, It's I'm, a 50-50 toss-up. Like, when you look at these two teams, like, you look at the Chiefs, like, I'm a huge Pat Mahomes fan, huge Tyreek Hill fan, can't stand Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. You know, I like... Love s- me some from George Skittles, though. Love Skittles. Love Skittles. Um, you know, I, I like Sammy Watkins a little bit. Mecole Hardman for the Chiefs is pretty exciting to watch return Cool, kids. we get it. You know the roster. Who are you picking? Then you look at the 49ers like, I can't stand Jimmy G. He didn't do nothing to you. I like the running back Mostert. Man, that dude runs hard. Emmanuel Sanders, dude celebrates after every six-yard catch. Yeah, I don't want Richard Sherman. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear him talk ever again. I don't want him to get a pick for sure. Because He's when he gotten gets the a most pick, press off of doing – the most basic things. When he gets a pick, man, that dude gets amped up. But here's my point. I don't the really. The last pick he got, they literally, they, whoever it was, threw it into his chest and he acted like he's the baddest man in the world. Hey, he's playing man to man. 
Um, if I got the ball thrown into my chest, there's a 50% chance I'm catching it. By the way, I don't like George Kittle. But how do you so, not like George so you look Kittle? at these two teams. Like, I don't really care for them, but I like a couple of players on each team. But who do I think is going to win? This is an ultimate matchup. Like, the high-flying, high-powered Chiefs offense against that stud defense in San Francisco. Then you got that Chiefs D. They they try to show out a little bit. They try. Then you got the Niners. They really just want to run the ball. I don't know. I, I, I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling I would the like Chiefs. to see the Chiefs win. My money's probably win. going on the 49ers. I heard Trent Dilfer, he put it together a very convincing interview. Dilfer's dimes. Put together a convincing statement about why he thinks the 49ers are going to roll. They I can't repeat roll. it. They ain't going to roll. Ken, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I don't care for either of them. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't either. Uh, I mean, I'll watch. There are a lot of 49ers fans around here. There is. And they talk a lot. There, I agree so I'm going that. Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sticking with Cookie. Sticking with Cookie. Well, it's certainly been a fun show tonight. Back, I think this is one of our better shows of oh, the year. Oh, you think so? You know, not even in football season. Talk, yeah, those are those are tough ones. Yeah, you talk hoops. Kane McGuire was fantastic. Lady Texter head softball coach Maria Wynn Ratliff was awesome as well. You always got to love a solid uniform discussion. Got to love, you know, challenging the Tech fans to be more homers. Never thought I'd be doing gotta that. Got to love it. Got to love it. So, certainly want to appreciate you joining us tonight. Be back. We got two more shows, February 4th, February 11th. Certainly appreciate Beck Haynes coming in tonight. Certainly appreciate Ken Carter filling in for John Tabor. Fantastic job running the board. I'm BC. We'll be back same time, same place next week. We'll see you. Listen for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host, Ben Carlisle. Also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Buildings. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio on Sports Talk 97.7. Just to, to make sure you're getting your money's worth, um, I think you've seen enough of Mahomes, or you've seen more of Mahomes, to be able to, to, to confidently pay him rather than paying Dak. All right, appreciate the call, man. And thanks for the support down under, for real. All right, Mustafa in Philly, you're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, what's up, you guys? How are you? What's up, man? I'm up. I'm all right, man. I think, yo, out for a while, y'all needed a show. Y'all two needed a show, especially Rob Parker with all his antics. <laughs> Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Eddie Murphy Raw right there. There you I got, go. I got on my red leather pants tonight, too. All right, maybe not. <laughs> and they don't look they don't look all that hot. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> no, go ahead, got, man. Yeah, I got two things to say. One thing is about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, the second thing is about Kobe. But, um... So the first thing to say is, like, did Rob Parker not see last year's AFC championship game when he scored every possession after the half, when he was looking across the field at Tom Brady and most other quarterbacks like Matt Ryan would have folded? I did see him get shut out in the first half, and that's why they were behind and had to play from behind. So I saw Patrick Mahomes get shut out in the first half. Are you he didn't a big ask you fan? That. Did you uh, see that? Are, yeah, Mustafa, yeah, did okay. you see the first half? The first half, not the last half. Which was I'm asking you, did you see the first half when they yeah, fell behind? I, I, I okay. see the first half. 
I'm okay. a Denver Broncos fan, and then when I seen what he did, I said, oh, no. This man, is he, he's the greatest right now. He may not be of all time, but he's the greatest right now. I'm into Sean Watson, of course, but, you know. But um, All right, what's your Kobe take? Well, you know, like, growing up in Philly, I grew up in a time where it, wasn't, it was not popular to like Kobe. I mean, people fight the same thing uh, Buddy Hill said, fight about Allen Iverson and things of that nature. And, um, you know, Kobe was like uh, he was somebody important to me, important enough that uh, my daughter was born January 26th of this year. I mean, not 26th. She was born January 16th of this year, and I named her after Kobe. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I just, it just, like, I've been crying since, since Sunday. You know what I'm saying? I just watched the pregame, and, you know, Shaq had, was all worked up, and, you know, that, that's my man right there, man. Mustafa, thanks for sharing thanks, that. Thanks, brother. Really. And, and naming his daughter after Kobe. Hey, yeah, JC in Midland, Texas, you're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What's up, JC? Hey. What's up, brothers? How, How you? are you? Pretty good. Well, make it real short. Uh, you do pay the man uh, just because I live here in close to Lubbock, Texas, uh, one hour and a half. And when we saw Mahomes when he was a sophomore, oh my, he has the component and everything. And he paid his due uh, when he sat the whole year. So, you know, yes, he's better than Dak. But Dak has proven that he's a winner. So, uh, to me, Mahomes, you do pay him just because you don't want to go and suffer a, a major injury and, and not get paid. So, like, All right. that take. every I agree snap. With that. Thank you, JC. Right, we hear you. How about Charles in Detroit, Motown's finest? What's up, Charles? You're, hey, you're hey, on I'm the odd couple. How you doing? Up, Hey, uh, I want to say, Chris, I don't know how you put up with Rob. We we did it for a year in Detroit. We finally got, <laughs> got rid of him. Oh, wow. You got rid of me? <laughs> That's he, funny. He's a flip-flopper. I told you. He's the McCoat. As I've heard him talk about Brady through the years. Come on. That's a how am I a flip-flopper? He's the what are you talking about? Most inconsistent. You always not... talked against Brady. Now you call him old. Oh, he's the golden. He, I didn't call him the goat. Nah, I did not well, call him the goat. Wait a minute, Charles. People Charles. are taking what you're Charles, saying tonight. I did not. As of, I did as, not call him the goat. Stop people, it. I, and I, I got to stand up for Robin. People are taking what he's saying tonight as like he's siding with Tom Brady. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. It's he, not that far. He's That's not, not what killing I'm saying. him, but yeah, but he I wouldn't go. He's more of the goat, right? But he's still the McCoat. He's still the McCoat. No, he'd be the super goat. No, I said it that that people would. I said I would consider if he would if he would have won another championship. Now I would consider calling him if he would have won a go to go to the the Chargers and win a championship. Go to Indy. Indy. I think they got something going on in Indy. You see how close they play, KC. Hey, all right. What's your what's your what's your point? You got to take on Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, I do got to take on Mahomes. I agree with you. I agree. If he says pay me, you pay him. Because simple fact is, not only could he get hurt, but he did get hurt. Remember the knee? That's right. Good worse. point. Then Actually, where, we, where point. would he be? So I understand. He was he hurt did. a few of the games wanna, he played in this year. Yeah. Oh. I want to get paid now. I, I see I could get hurt. This thing it could be a fast, a passing thing. Pay me now. I say All right, pay Charles. Now. Appreciate it. What about Good one call. more? Appreciate it. Kevin in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, you're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. You always have to say what state Springfield in is because there's Springfield, Ohio, Springfield, Massachusetts. I think there's like a ton of Springfields, right, Kevin? Yes, sir. 